0: Morning. The podcast you
1: learn about to listen to will contain detailed health spoilers. If you do not wish to have them room for you, I recommend turning your podcast off now.
0: Also, also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit change. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your channel. You have been warned.
1: let all go to the... Welcome to the Movie Baby Podcast. Presented by RMJJ Media. welcome back to the movie bit this is ryan and joined again by sith howdy y'all so tonight we're going to be talking about texas chainsaw massacre in 1974 as well as the texas chainsaw massacre that came out in 2022 but well, before we get into all of that kind of do what we did last week you watched anything
0: interesting uh yeah so i watched uh, lord of the rings uh, the return of the king yesterday uh <laughs> with my sister She's, that's a long fucking commitment oh my god i i'm not gonna lie i was nodding off at the end there man i i at the very I'd very been nodding off at the beginning <laughs> yeah they need to do like a um recently on lord of the rings and then show like a you know an extended period of <laughs> right. footage on both um and i'd already seen that one but it was cool just to you know see my sister's reaction because that's what we've been doing is uh on friday nights we watch movies cause okay movies she hasn't seen yeah um so like we started out know, anyways um uh, it was it was all right, you know. Lord of the Rings, man. That's that's what you, if you're gonna commit to it, stick oh it yeah, out. you have to you have to be willing to commit to it. yeah, that's that's a rough one to go through. <laughs> as a, as a team consensus, we all kind of agreed that you know Frodo and Sam are just a bunch of whiny bitches throughout the whole yeah. entire thing. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I couldn't say I don't agree with that.
0: Yeah, hobbits are brave, but god, they bitch a lot. Um, and then I saw the Munsters movie.
1: Ooh. So we haven't discussed if we're going to talk about that.
0: What were your thoughts on that? Well, if I start off with like Herman, um, in the words of Tropic Thunder, they definitely went full retard with him. Oh, you
1: fucking think? Yeah,
0: above and beyond. It was uh, a little more than I expected, but like it was filmed, you know, filmed beautifully, obviously, you know, Rob Zombie. Oh, yeah. And like the oversaturation
1: that he used in the movie is brilliant, but he ate light shit that way to be converted to black and white.
0: Yeah, well, his original idea was to do it in black and white. That's why it was all lit that way. Yeah.
1: And to me, it just looks too techno-colored. Yeah. It looks like a rave party as opposed to a Rob Zombie film.
0: Yeah, well, and then when you take a look at the fact that it's PG-rated... I mean, if this is,
1: I'm happy that they did that. I didn't want to see a hard R version of Monsters because that would just fuck up my childhood.
0: Yeah, I would be content with seeing one just, <laughs> 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 uh, just because it's like, why not? You know, uh, a new twist on on anything that's already been done, or it, I'm I'm all for it. Did you watch anything else? Uh, no. How about you? Same
1: old, same old. Uh, uh, watched a little bit more of the Dahmer show. Um, I'm actually looking really forward to this Thursday. Netflix is dropping their new because they had what's called Conversations with a Killer, and I watched the John Wayne Gacy one. Mm. This Wednesday, they dropped the Jeffrey Dahmer Conversation oh, okay. with a Killer. So I'm really looking forward to watching that one. Yeah, that should be... It should be very interesting to watch, to say the least.
0: Well, especially if you watch that before you finish the actual Dahmer TV show, I wonder if that's going to kind of like fill in some of the extra gaps that the... That's the... kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah.
1: That it's going to do. Besides that, I really haven't watched anything brand new or anything like that. It's... Yeah. Mainly been editing the last couple podcasts, and
0: yeah, <laughs> that, that's a uh, t- short sure in itself.
1: That yeah, especially having to go inch by inch over a Serbian film and yeah. rewind and oh, re-listen, yeah. rewind and re-listen, rewind.
0: Yeah, that that one that still a, got me that rattled. That was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I, I don't I'll never recover from that shit ever. <laughs> it's gonna haunt me for a while.
1: Yeah. Without wasting any more time, uh, let's get right, uh Let's get right into start talking about. Texas Chainsaw Massacre in
0: 1974. Yeah, I'm down. Please! Uh, please, please
1: help! What happened was true. are
0: crazy! you got to make us stop!
1: Some of the victims didn't have time to scream. Others weren't as lucky. Ah! Ah! Now, Bryanston Pictures presents every grisly detail Of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The most bizarre and brutal series of crimes in America. And without a doubt, the most realistic
0: shocker ever filmed.
1: Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop!
0: Even if one of them survives, what will be left after the
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Rated R. Under 17, not admitted without parent. So, Texas Chainsaw Massacre centers around Sally Hardesty and her invalid wheelchair-bound brother, Franklin. And they're concerned that the grandfather's grave may have been vandalized, so they travel to the site with three other friends, Sally's boyfriend, Jerry, her best friend, Pam, and Pam's boyfriend, Kirk. While Sally and Pam go off to look through the abandoned house, Franklin finds it hard to get around the old place due to his wheelchair, and he is frustrated by the fun the two couples seem to be having. At nightfall, Sally and Franklin are forced to go after Jerry when he does not return. Jerry took the keys to the van with him when they left. Franklin refuses to wait at the van and insists that Sally push his wheelchair along the unpaved path in the woods. The hitchhiker and Leather Leatherface emerge from a house and chase Sally up the road up the road the hitchhiker Brandishing a knife and Leatherface waving the chainsaw, the truck driver slow a truck driver slows and gets out of the rig to see what happens, only to be confront, confronted by a screaming, bloodied Sally with Leatherface close behind, the chainsaw buzzing. Chases Sally to the and the truck driver to the other side of the cab. When the driver hur, uh, hurls a wrench at him, and hits him in the side of the head. Sally starts running down a road, and another pickup truck starts making its way down the, uh, on the road. And Sally hops in the back seat, screaming in, pa- uh, screaming in agony as Leatherface begins to spin, w- spin around wildly and waving a chainsaw in the air. This having been, I believe you said it was the first time you actually sat and watched the entire yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. I'll let you give your impressions first.
0: <clears throat> well, I mean, uh, the moment that I realized that that one dude, Franklin, was in a wheelchair, I was like, dude, that dude is super fucked. We were like going right into a horror film and the dude already has like an instant just like, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to die first, like kind of, kind of a vibe going to him. Um I was very happy that uh and surprised that he survived as long as he did. But at the same time, the way that they were just kind of like sending him off each as little groups to die, uh, you know, he-
1: I honestly think the only reason why he made it so long is to make his death just that much more wanted by the audience because And I actually have it written down in my notes. Franklin is the most annoying and whiny character of any slasher film I've ever seen in my fucking life.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) He was pretty whiny. He just bitches the entire fucking time. (laughs) And plus all the hell that he makes his sister go through to push his ass up to his death. (laughs) But I I will be honest, I was very stoked about the death because I... you don't even see it coming at all like i was oh, like oh, no. they're going like, to get to the light and yeah. once they get to the light that's where all the death's going to happen but no motherfucker just jumps out of the darkness boom just I was <laughs> yeah. Like, yes yeah that was definitely a valiant death
1: oh fuck yeah they did a great job i think the lack of budget on the film actually helps the film oh yeah uh, cuz this movie actually only uh, was shot for 140 grand which granted in 74 was a lot of money yeah but Not even by motion picture standards, it was still very, very minuscule, Um, and they shot this on sixteen millimeter. And I like it. I love the look of sixteen millimeter. But like, if you're expecting a film that old to it like remastered or something like that to make it look like it was shot, then it, it legit does make it look like it was shot then. But you're never going to have that crispness of like 35 millimeter. You're going to have heavy grain and only get so much quality on it. But I think that's what gives this particular movie a lot of character. Yeah, that definitely helps with
0: it. Because obviously, you know, in 74, they were you know trying to push the boundaries the best that they could. And um, I think that that absolutely 100% added to like the terror of it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing it in in, like a drive-thru would have definitely been like, the oh, yeah, ideal yeah. like for that for the, i think <laughs> to get the really most out of it oh i um, agree the i i what i've been doing is kind of making like a little list of like kind of like the the quality of the death i guess you could mm-hmm. say and per um and I, I the first one was great because i mean they just got done talking about uh you know just like the little shaking of the legs and stuff of the cow or whatever and that dude just like jumps out boom just whacks him right in the dome he hits the ground he starts seizing Oh yeah. like that was i was like okay that, <laughs> that, that that's what a great like of the first reveal of leatherface Um, they zoomed in on, like, it was original, in my opinion, like, in the sense of, like, if you're going to cut off someone's face and then wear that shit to murder other people, that was, (laughs) he definitely had a great, great get up for that. Did you notice throughout the movie, he's got actually,
1: like, two or three different masks that he wears throughout it?
0: No, I actually didn't notice that part. I did notice that it was quite apparent that he was not all right in the head. Uh, I mean, he had some fucked up teeth and, like, he didn't really talk at all just made some like groaning like i'm so excited to kill noises so uh director
1: toby hooper actually told gunner he's like you you create who this character is you do whatever the hell you want to do to make this character okay so gunner okay he'd be mentally handicapped special so gunner actually spent about a week and a half at a school for the mentally handicapped.
0: Okay, that's badass. Watching character building. How, mm-hmm.
1: Pretty much how they moved around, how they interacted with each other, listened to how they spoke. So it was his idea to have him where it doesn't speak words. But so in the script, there was no dialogue at all for Leatherface. So he, he discusses making these noises. So in the sequences that happen, Toby Hooper wrote dialogue for Leatherface. That way Gunner could portray Oh, what like Leather what he would be saying. saying. Okay. Yeah. So I cut, thought that was kind of a cool approach to the character. Oh, 100%. Well, it's was it was like when uh, Jerry finally, uh, the, the second guy, makes it to the house. Mm-hmm. And Leatherface is just kept staring out the window is because he is afraid that he's going to get in trouble. He's like, where the hell are these looking around to make sure no more people are going to come into their house? Because he knows the brother and the fucking, they never really clarify if Drayton is father figure or another brother. Because he does call the old guy at the end grandpa as well. But I know that's also a southern thing.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, just looking at, uh, I don't know if that. Would, I, I, my first instinct was brother. I didn't think I think father I can, I can at go all. With that. I would figure that they don't have a dad, and maybe that kind of led to some of the insanity. What did you think about the the hitchhiker? Um. I mean, straight from the get-go, that guy was given like, you know, creepy vibes. And the fact that after the dude did everything, like, they still kind of took a while driving down the road uh, after he cut his own hand to, like, maybe think it's not a good idea to have him in the fucking van. I was like, dude. Uh, This guy just
1: cut open his own hand, then he pulls a straight razor out of his fucking shoe. He said, I have a knife. It's a really good knife. Yeah. And they think that's fine. It's not until they fucking... Refused to give him $2 for a picture of Franklin. And he sets it on fire with shit that apparently he just carries black powder around with him in his fucking little satchel.
0: I also was wondering about the satchel when I saw it was made out of hair. I was like, I wonder what kind of hair that is. Like, is that animal hair or is that people hair? You know, um, but once you saw all of the dead animals on the wall for the first time, you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's probably, yeah. probably like, a, you know, squirrel nut.
1: So they don't really get into it much in this movie. Toby Ho- or Hooper's a uh, sequel to a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. They definitely go into it. But did you pick up on that they were a cannibalistic family?
0: Uh, yeah, because well, I thought the one working at the diner actually is that is that uh the one you were talking That's about? Oh, Drayden. Oh, Drayden. Okay, so I confused I confused that a little bit. So Drayden does to me come off as definitely a father figure because he's out there working the shop by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously they're making meat. You know, once you realize it's at the barbecue. <clears throat> yeah, and it was very interesting to see, like, you discover that they are all family, and then there's a family dynamic that they add to it. That yeah. like it's like, oh, there's a wholesome little murdering family together, <laughs> <laughs> and even a fucking old decrepit fucking
1: like that dude looked like you dropped him on the ground. He just yeah, bust that in the was the like
0: that status. That dude was definitely pretty pretty haggardly old.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That's an
0: understatement. I can't believe he was still alive. Like, when he started sucking the finger and I was like, dude, this guy, I thought he was just going to be just like a corpse. Uh, Just that they were just like weakening at burning Burning his ass, sort
1: of. See, what's funny with that whole end sequence is the actor who played the grandfather went through, like I think it was eight hours of makeup. In the makeup chair to get that shit on. And once he got it on, he's like, I'm not doing this again. Yeah, we're doing all my takes right now. they shot... That entire sequence, I think they did 16 hours straight. Fuck. Dude. So by the end of it, they were all fucking loopy, pissed <laughs> off. So the scene where that you were talking about started sucking the blood out the finger. Mm-hmm. On the backside of that knife, they had used a piece of tape to uh, hide the blade so it wouldn't cut Marilyn Burns. Oh, wow. And on the backside, there was a piece of plastic tubing to release the blood. However, their uh, gag pretty much malfunctioned, did not work. And I think they were like on take 40. Gunner was getting pissed off because Marilyn wasn't, like her performance wasn't realistic to anything. And then the blood gag wasn't working. So he, I saw him at a, a whore con in California. And he said, how we finally got that shot done and over with, is while Marilyn was bitching about how long it's taking, I took the tape off the knife next tape when i grabbed her hand i cut that bitch's finger <laughs> it was, it was like so i finally real, got a reaction that out was her, a
0: real right? reaction like, yeah there you yeah. go hey that's a good director <laughs> and
1: uh guess toby hooper went up to him and was like gunner why the hell did you harm the actress i'm like and his response was we've been in here it's 120 degrees outside there's no acs in here we've been here way too long I legitimately
0: want to kill her at this point. <laughs> yeah, she's lucky she got just the tip. Which, uh, yeah. Uh, one thing that I did notice that I thought was kind of funny is every time, and I call them I call them murder runs. Um, the murder runs, I think, are some of my favorite parts because they're in everything. And, like, the, the lead up to the murder run and then, um, you know, the entire murder run itself. Yeah. But with this one, it, I kind of got, like, this... I kept, I kept, I wrote down like cartoon kind of like skip. So, like sh- you would see the camera like it you went know, from one angle, and then you would see her like run, start, start running, or somebody start running towards the camera, and then you would see Leatherface in the background. He would like run past like where the camera spot is, and then almost like there's a couple times it almost looked like he did like a little side skip, yeah, as if you'd see in cartoons and shit like dee, 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 dee and then uh, start chasing him again. And he did that multiple times, and I thought that was pretty damn funny. Random question. Okay,
1: are you familiar with the show Night Court?
0: Uh, the old show, Night Court? The, the sitcom? Like, like, yeah, mm-hmm. <coughs> okay. bowl and stuff like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So the opening of the movie, the narration, that was actually done by John Larroquette, who was one of the lawyers at Night
0: Court, the nice. male lawyer,
1: mm-hmm. the dick cocky one. <laughs> so Toby got him to do the opening narration for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and this was his compensation for doing that in the movie. They gave him two joints of marijuana. (laughs) That was his payment for recording
0: that audio. You (laughs) saw the bell bottoms and shit. I think they were totally down to use that as a form of payment. Oh, I
1: don't think they were stopping that fucking (laughs) week.
0: Yeah, I was. I was wondering if they were gonna somehow hint towards that the kids were high because they were all super giggly and just having a good time and just like, and they were in a total hippie van. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Now, one of the biggest
1: misconceptions with this movie is because they did kind of advertise it. Mockingly, as it was based on true a true story, true events, Mm -hmm. and people will actually tell you that they know where it took place, where it actually happened. It's not true. Toby Hooper wrote an original script, and he had no idea how close he got to the real life of uh, Ed Gein. Okay. So, in a in an interview. Toby was like, I know you uh, advertise it as being based on true stories. These events really happened. Did you intently keep it dark that it was based on Ed Gein? And Toby Hooper was like, it wasn't based on Ed Gein. I didn't realize the similarities until 30 years after I made the movie.
0: Oh, damn. He had
1: no fucking clue because Ed Gein would kill women, skin them, and wear their fucking clothes. Or wear their skin. Legit would... It was so the was Ed Gein like
0: a murder at that time, like in the yeah. 70s and shit? Oh, so Way before the 70s. Oh, way okay. before.
1: Psycho, Norman Bates was actually based off
0: Ed Gein as well. Oh, shit. Okay. So yeah. it's kind of like a, you know, a theme, if you will. Yeah.
1: What do you think your uh,
0: favorite aspect of this movie was? Okay. So the way, the way that they really emphasize how terrifying the chainsaw is. So he, there's multiple, multiple scenes of him just swinging it around and like, just like that is like the, the most scariest thing that you're going to have is, I mean, it's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I think they did a damn good job at like emphasizing how much the chainsaw was part of it. Um, He, he, he loved that thing. It was part of him. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. The, the end bit when he's like, kind of like dancing around with the chainsaw of him, I was picturing kind of like, like Joker, but with a chainsaw, uh-huh. like how he's just doing that. Like he was just feeling his vibe and he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm. It's a murdering.
1: And I'll say this. Gunner had a lot of fucking faith.
0: Yeah.
1: It's the scene at the end where the chainsaw goes up in the air and he lies down and it cuts into his leg. Mm-hmm. There was a metal plate on Gunner's leg with some bloody ground beef on top of that. They literally threw a live chainsaw Holy onto shit. his legs. And he was hoping that that metal did its fucking job.
0: Yeah, let's hope I get this on the first thing.
1: that they hit it on the right fucking spot because it wasn't that big of a metal plate because otherwise you'd been able to see it through the pants. He gave <laughs> a you, lot of fucking faith yeah.
0: <laughs> into the production He's like, uh, I do all my own stunts, even if it includes a live chainsaw. Right. <clears throat> I gave him mad credit for doing the victim booby trap, uh, like how he kind of set up his murders. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the chick was in the box, and you open it up, and she looks like she's – I mean, if she was just kicking – how in two seconds, after he opens it up, is she just like stunned for a minute, and then she just comes back to life? It's like, no, you were, you were totally just kicking and screaming a second ago. Yeah. And then she goes and wanders and finds it, and sure enough, he's like, oh, you found it. Time for you to but die. But in fairness,
1: it is a movie. We don't know how much time has passed because oh, okay. it was that was Pam. So she gets uh, captured and put on the hook right after Kurt gets killed. Jerry doesn't show up till well later and that's Jerry's the one who finds her That's in fair. the ice chest.
0: That's fair. But in that scene you did hear kicking and screaming. Oh yeah I agree
1: like you literally hear the banging from inside the fucking thing.
0: <laughs> I think also another part that made me funny is the fact that they were all like Obviously, there was some kind of hippie, you know, and they're, oh, like, yeah, going yeah. to spiritual shit and, like, reading horoscopes and whatnot. But, like, every single thing leading up to them getting to the house was bad energy from the get-go. Like, oh, they were yeah. all, like, in tune. And I was like, how are you guys? Are you guys, like, all, oh, this is my horoscope and it happens to be something horrible that's going to happen today on this on this day. Um, but, like, the the gas station was creepy. I mean, don't go here. I mean, even in the beginning scene, you hear the radio talking about... All these horrible things that are happening or whatnot. Yeah, and so it, it's just like they were again, it, and I think that's the horror thing. It's super naive to to complete absolute, you know. Yeah. I'm about to die. Kind of kind of energy, you know.
1: Uh, kind of bouncing around here. I just love the visual of the very first when they're at the cemetery and the visual of the corpse mm-hmm. that was placed on top of the gravestone. That is a hell of a way of opening a fucking movie. Especially with how wet, slimy, and just, it, it legitimately looked fucking gross.
0: Yeah, it set the tone for the rest of the film. Yeah. Yeah, it, that's almost like the precursor, like, hey, y'all, if you, you're you watching this, this is what you're, you're about to see.
1: One of my favorite acting choices was done by, I'll never remember his name off the top of my head right now, who played Drayton Sawyer. How? That dude was a fucking masochist. Oh, I the love the broom and the stick like just fucking beating the crap out of it. It was like oh don't worry we're not going to hurt, hurt you. we're not going to hurt you pop 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 pop, yeah, pop, yeah. pop Oh, I don't pop. oh people. no 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 don't cry don't cry you will find pop 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 It was just fucking sadistic as fucking hell
0: yeah he definitely got some joy out of uh, beating the shit out of that chick with that stick just oh more like, than
1: joy i think he was getting off on it
0: yeah a rabbit like a rabbit dog in a cage just just poking the shit out of it. it reminds me of like uh in uh uh when like brick top is like stabbing the rabbit yeah. like dog in the cage and yeah. shit um, I also love how the grandpa did like a little happy dance. Uh, oh, at the it was, end yes. after was <laughs> and I think that when the they're f-
1: trying to get him to bash Sally's head in.
0: Oh my gosh, that was wonderful, right? Cause they're, cause obviously he can't move, he can't do shit. And they, they keep putting in his hand like as if he's gonna be able to like, oh grandpa's the best. Like, yeah. I'm gonna be able to smash the shit out of this chick. And I they were just they were toying with her, man. They were just absolutely cause there's no way. And they were you could tell they were just kinda getting their kicks out of it. Yeah. Um
1: but grandpa was sure liking it. Grandpa yeah. was having a good all time. It
0: really depicts like how crazy the family was, and also like the family howl when she's all going ballistic and they're all at the dinner table. Oh and all yeah, 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 and Just yeah, I love that part. <laughs> <laughs> they really portrayed like the just back hills insane ass kind of shit. Oh fuck yeah, yeah. It really, I think the movie was very well done. I, I loved it 100. And going and seeing like or being around movies and like how. Just seeing how this was very like tame compared to like what we have now, but like this was their version of just like let's go extreme, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like yeah, you know, even even like the trailer and the we heard and everything, um, I it was great. I I'm really liking these old ass films. <laughs> oh, there,
1: there's a reason why they're classic. Yeah,
0: they are genuine in their own uh, form, and <laughs> I absolutely love it. How would you have liked to have seen it when it came out
1: back in 1974?
0: Um. I would have loved to, if, you know, knowing what I know now, but going back then just, I might've been, I would rather sit in the back so I can watch everybody else's reaction to see like how terrifying it truly was to these audiences. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I feel like a lot of us are a little bit more uh, desensitized these days. So when we see horror films, it's just like this. Okay. Um, It had its own kind of just innocent, like suspense to it. The acting was what it was. Honestly, I feel like anybody who was more like crazy or eccentric in it, they were better actors because I think they had to put more into it. No, I agree. Than just spit out Even lines. Even the, the hitchhiker. Yeah. Oh, he's he given hundred and ten percent. He
1: looks like every fucking tweaker that walks into our shop on yeah. a daily.
0: He was. He was <laughs> rapid, man. He did so awesome. I
1: don't know about the artistic choice of the birthmark on the face. That was an interesting artistic choice because that actor did.
0: Does not have that. But that could be like a birth uh, a birth defect, right? That just adds, it could be. adds more to their fucked upness, yeah. how crazy they are, or like they were born this way. Yeah.
1: And what I think is hilarious is when
0: you talk to people about the
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they'll tell you how violent and gory it is. Mm-hmm. One of the most violent movies ever fucking made. You just watched it. Okay? And I literally have this written down. It wasn't violent toby hooper intentionally this is a quote from an article keeping violence moderate language mild no nudity at all and having most of the horror elements implied off screen rather than show them in great detail on screen and that's because he set out to make this movie it was his intent to make a pg to get a pg rating a pg rated horror film a pg rated horror flick That was his goal. And that backfired so fucking hardcore because of all the implying and the use of sound effects. Mm -hmm. MPAA gave gave this movie an X rating. Are you serious? Toby fought with them for a year, and finally they settled on an R rating. But he was aiming for a PG. That's why the only blood you see is on fingers. Or Aftermath on Faces and clothes. You never actually see any penetration. You never see any actual kills. It's all done off screen. Even when she gets put on a hook, you don't see it.
0: Well, yeah, you don't see you don't see it go into or anything. I, but I feel like the f- the first kill was like violent. Right? I feel like. Oh yeah, like, but um, but again, there was he technically was wasn't dead
1: at that point yet. Yeah, it wasn't a kill. It just knocked him the fuck out. That's yeah, so- the body tremors and shit.
0: But. They were they were still pretty violent. I mean, but but yeah.
1: if you think about it, if this movie got made today with how R-rated movies, oh, are, it now, would be PG. I it would probably say, yeah. would It'd get a, a fucking film. PG rating.
0: Yeah, it would be all CGI. then. And-
1: I'm happy that it didn't get a PG rating because then I don't think we'd have the legacy that we have today. Because mm-hmm. we're talking '74. That was almost 50 years ago now. Yeah, almost 50 years ago now. 50 years of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we're still getting new ones. That's fucking insane.
0: That's a legacy then. It's like, hey, I made this film. Here's a a foundation for everybody to kind of build off of and continue to have fun with it.
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in my top 10 all-time classic horror movies. I love it to fucking death.
0: Yeah. Entertainment
1: Weekly, the magazine, voted this movie the second scariest horror movie of all time only behind the exorcist
0: i do not think this is a scary movie i think it's a great movie yeah it's not scary no i i wasn't terrified by any means i wasn't really even like suspenseful i forward. think the
1: only part that you actually jumped at is when franklin when franklin gets killed yeah. when he jumps in front of the flashlight yeah because that it, one got you pretty good yeah because <laughs> i wasn't
0: expecting yeah. it, man because you're just like all right like push his ass up that hill like come on do it <laughs> And then also, boom, and you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" Like, see, it, and nowadays that whole
1: jump scare would be ruined, yeah, because they'd be pushing him up, and then in, in the distance in the woods, you'd be hearing the of the the groaning of the chainsaw starting up, starting up. Then it would disappear, and then he'd jump out, but you'd know that that was coming.
0: Absolutely. Even
1: though we all knew that it was coming, <laughs> it was the only way that was going to end because they weren't going to prolong anything with that with fucking Franklin.
0: Any fucking more. Yeah, they're like, this suit needs to end right now. Yeah. Like I said, I think they
1: kept around a little bit too long. And but... that
0: one was the opposite of a murder run where instead of them being chased, they're essentially slowly but surely walking, walking, toward walking, it. walking towards <laughs> the towards Yeah, death. walking into yeah. it. Because all the other ones were like, How long can I run? And honestly, so they, they killed everybody off like pretty quick. And I was like, Okay, how the hell are they gonna make this last chick like like long, you know, go this long? Yeah. And um There was it was a very and that's that's another thing that I feel like this really because I haven't seen many horror films that are this old. Mm -hmm. So the whole murder run in itself, if if this was not if that wasn't a new thing, this absolutely painted. Well, really, up until
1: this time, the time that this movie was made, there really wasn't that many slasher films. Mm. There was this. You had obviously uh, Hitchcock's Psycho. In 72, you had Black Christmas. That's more or less it. It was mo- like mainly supernatural or psychological-style horror. Like basically what Hitchcock was known for. Okay. This movie, I said it in a previous podcast, John Carpenter's Halloween is what made the slasher franchise boom. But there would be no Halloween without films like Psycho, Black Christmas or a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It just wouldn't happen because yeah. it built the audience for people that, for audience members who wanted to see people get brutally slashed. Even though, like I said, this one was supposed to be PG, so it's not really brutally slashed up, but it's still highly effective.
0: Psycho like wasn't rated R, was it? Oh, yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah. And I'll be honest, I haven't watched that one all the way through either, but I because of how hitchcock is how hitchcock is and leaves like shit legitimately to the imagination without having to show the uh, actual murder itself um, i this the, if if the director saw psycho and was like that's rated r how the hell did he think with all of the shit that happened in this film that this was going to get a pg rating like hit, uh, psycho's again i haven't seen it but i think that's way more pg than what Texas Chainsaw Massacre is.
1: Well, yeah, but you also have to think, Psycho came out over ten years before this movie did. Oh, okay. So times were different just ten years prior too. Yeah. For the early '60s, the whole thing with keeping the mother <laughs> in the basement, and like there was implications that incestual in there. So just because of that subject matter, I think is what garnered that movie the R rating.
0: Oh. But that's just. And that was more suggestive, I'll never it wasn't know for blatant, sure. right? But go, kind of going back to the whole murder run thing, I feel uh, the deranged killer chasing the victims—that um, obviously becomes like a, a pattern in oh, yeah. like oh, horror yeah. films—and this one, I think, is so far I've seen have like one of the longest ones, and it was just so so part of the film. And also, what I noticed is to add more suspense and terror, um, the, uh he filmed very closely. Oh yeah, 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 and kind of like made a point to like show like this is legit terror, leaving nothing to the imagination. Just straight oh, I even dizzy. love like the
1: extreme close-ups to the fucking the veins in the eyes when she's mm-hmm. terrified. Yeah, I just like I loved everything that they the way they shot the movie. Yeah, and I think another aspect of this that really makes the movie effective is aside from the two songs you hear, one on the radio, the one when they go into the store. There is not... Like, all the sound effects, there was no musical instruments used. They use different things out in the world to make the audio sounds that you hear in that movie. And they are effective as hell. Even though the fucking... The old camera flashes and the sound of the... Yeah, you know... When the old school bulbs would dim out after uh, after going off to take a photo. Right, right. That has become a staple of what Texas Chainsaw Massacre is. Every single movie is going to have that sound in it. If you didn't notice, we'll talk about it when we get to the 2022 one. They even threw it in there. If you caught where they threw it in at.
0: Honestly, I'd probably have to hear the sound again, um, just to kind of make a point to to look for it. It's the scene where they lift up the grill. The grill
1: squeaks making that sound. Oh, okay. It's straight up that fucking sound. So in all... Is this a movie that you'd watch again?
0: A hundred percent. I recommend this to anybody and everybody who is very curious. To, if somebody's into horror films or they're just kind of getting new into it, this hundred percent is a staple. Like you have to see it. Uh, well, and- yeah, because
1: it's a like you said. I think it actually is a good movie to start on mm-hmm. because it is a little more tame. Right. It's not crazy. Vi- it's not violent at all. Yeah. Like I said, it's all su- suggested. And I think it just works fucking perfectly. When was the first time you tried watching it?
0: Probably, you know, as a, a teenager, I would say, because I had a buddy that I, uh, I had a buddy that I lived by, and he loved that movie, and he kept trying to get me to come over and watch it. Okay. And like at that time, it wasn't really, and like he was just like, oh, and there's, you know, there's this guy, his name is Leatherface, and he puts on, you know, this the people's skin, and like he was just super, and he also loved creep show and shit like that too. Oh fuck yeah. Um, so I want to say I went to his house one time, and he. He's like let's watch it and, I, and he had it on a vhs and i was like okay but then you know we were little kids and i passed out um so i hadn't really given it a full-blown like chance since then you know you just see you see pictures or references to it you know but getting to actually see that that, that i think the most famous clip that i see all the time is her running out of the house and then yeah, him yeah. grabbing her and taking her back yeah. in the house I, like i was like okay i've seen that a billion times but other than that there wasn't really too much anything else that i, I recognized From outside, you know, watching it right now, so it was 100% all new to me. I I loved it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think I have to say this, but if you're a horror fan, this movie has got to be in your repertoire, on your shelf, in your collection, because, and if you're a horror fan, chances are, you have at least one copy of this, in your in your collection somewhere. Uh, But it's definitely a classic holds up to this day every time i watch it it just gets better and better Um, but that being said let's jump to 2022 and we're going to be talking texas chainsaw massacre a ghost town we have a vision for this place all it needs is young blood i don't want to live here this is a chance for people to start fresh somewhere
0: somewhere safe hey guys you should see this what are you doing in our house You really shouldn't be here
1: I'm afraid your old friend's back. Fifty years I've been waiting for this night. Just to see him again. Who? <laughs>
0: And you're canceled, bro.
1: Oh, fuck. The 48 years after Leatherface killing spree in 1973, young entrepreneurs Melody and Dante, Melody's sister Lila, and Dante's girlfriend Ruth travel to the abandoned Texas town of Harlow to auction off old properties to create a trendy heavily gentrified area. Upon entering Harlow, they meet Richter who's in charge of um, pretty much overseeing their cases. They enter a property only to find out that it is not abandoned and is hap- inhabited by an old woman named Jenny and upstairs is her adopted uh son Leatherface. During this time, claims that she's still the legal owner of the house, saying that she's got the deed to it, and they're asking to see the deed. She makes a statement saying that she does not need to show them anything. Dante gets pissy, goes, calls the cops. They come in, take her away where she has a medical fit. They take her away, not in an ambulance, but just in the sheriff's vehicle. Leatherface goes with her, as does Ruth. On the way to the hospital, Jenny has another attack and ends up dying on the way to the hospital. Leatherface, having lost the life of a mother figure, begins his killing spree. Starts by breaking the arm of the cop in the back seat, then using the broken bone, jabbing it straight into his face. While this is happening, a gunshot goes off, wounding the uh, officer driving the car. Leatherface removes Jenny's body. And removes her face and begins to wear it as his mask Ruth pretends that she's passed out unconscious or dead but leatherface ends up making her literally dead during a property auction Melanie reads Ruth's text about and prepares to leave with Lila Richter overhears them talking about Ginny's death and he takes their keys agreeing to give them back once they provide proof They rightfully remove Ginny from her house. Melody retrieves car keys and bus keys from Richter's body after he loses a fight with Leatherface inside said orphanage once again, fleeing the house reuniting with Lila. They get on the bus pursued by Leatherface who slaughters all the people on board in glorious fashion. Melody and Lila escape the carnage and come across Sally Hardesty. Who locks them in their car before entering the orphanage to finally confront Leatherface. Leatherface then attacks the sisters in Sally's car but they are saved by Sally who shoots them. Sally gives Melody the keys to drive away before pursuing Leatherface. This shows to be futile because all that happens is Sally takes a chainsaw to the gut. Melody hits Leatherface with Sally's car before crashing into a nearby building. Melody is trapped in the vehicle with something going through her leg but orders Lila to run away. Lila does go away, comes back with the assault rifle that she saw earlier and tries to take out Leatherface that way. Lila then takes Sally's shotgun and pursues Leatherface into an abandoned building where she is ambushed and attacked. Melody arrives and takes Leatherface's chainsaw before using it to uppercut him, knocking him into the pool of water where he sinks to the bottom. They escape and Lila's friend uh, finds Sally's hat and puts it on before starting the morning drive back home. However, Leatherface emerges still alive, drags Melody out of the car before decapitating her with his chainsaw. A Horrified Lila watches as a self-driving car takes her out of Harlow. Leatherface dances in the street with his chainsaw and Melody's head in hand. Leatherface, in a post-credit sequence, Leatherface makes his way to the house where his original massacre took place in 1974 and credits roll. So what'd you think of 2022's Texas shades Up? Uh,
0: it was, it was okay. Um, I tried to find as many parallels as I could, you know, like, if, or maybe them just like paying like their respects to the first one. Um, you know, I enjoyed it, but I watched it again. I, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but like, so, for example, like, some of the similarities or the parallels that I found is, like, so they're, they're in a Tesla, right? So, to me, this Tesla was kind of, like, the hippie van, sort of, right? Yeah. And they're all kind of cruising yeah. together. Um, and instead of, like, the chainsaw itself being on camera is I feel like as much as it was on the first one, like as being like the super menacing, like crazy like chainsaw thing, you hear it a lot more in this one. Oh, okay. very true. Yeah, they use just the sound, you know, mm-hmm. of just like the thought or the leave the, to the imagination, the chainsaw where where it's gonna be or where it's yeah. coming from. Um, and they also used it like the fact that he chucked it a couple times, I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> um but, you know, just like you said in the in the beginning bit. The first kill, snapping that wrist and jamming it through that dude's head. I was like, okay. Like thank like, You knew what movie you were in. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt good. I was like, okay, this is a twenty twenty film. They can do that kind of shit and you know, make it more graphic mm. and gory. Uh well it wasn't as gory I'd say per se, but it was definitely violent. Oh, it and graphic. was pretty
1: damn gory. Yeah. A lot of people getting cut in half.
0: Yeah, and there was like a lot of like yeah, um two people oh yeah, the straight from the, the spinal cord yeah. down. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. But, but I like
1: how you said uh, paying homage to the original film. Something we talked about in the previous uh, segment. If you notice at the beginning of the movie, John Larroquette was back to do the opening narration. Oh, okay. So, and I'm sure this time he got paid more than just two joints. <laughs> I'm sure he He's actually like, got, got some money compensation this time. <laughs> but when they're first uh, after they get stopped by the two cops on their way into Harlow, did you happen to see the welcome to Harlow sign?
0: Uh, I did. What did it say? Um, uh, Damn it. I don't know. Welcome
1: to Harlow. Population
0: 1,974. Which was
1: paying. That's The year
0: that the original movie came out. Well, oh, another thing is um, instead of hearing, oh, I wrote this down. Instead of hearing the radio, so instead of hearing the radio talking about the murders, you know, like they did in the first one. When you see the contractor guy or whatever, like meet him at the gas station. If you listen to the lyrics of the song that he's listening to, it says like you know, hang hang from the chains or something like that. Yeah. So it's like okay, it was kind of hinting towards murder itself without actually describing a murderer. So that's what I thought they were kind of trying to parallel there too.
1: And I know I was telling, um, I did a little more digging when we took a smoke break. This film doesn't actually erase. All the movie history. This movie strictly follows the storyline of the films released from 1974 through 1995. Every other movie that came out does not exist in this timeline. So Fetty out. it's not a direct sequel to the 1974 original, but it kind of is. Because it has no reference at all to any of the other films in that timeline.
0: Oh, okay. You like it, the second not, or third or fourth? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but
1: I guess Fetty Alvarez didn't want to completely erase the that timeline because he felt it would be disrespectful to the filmmakers that took time to build onto the. Chainsaw yeah let me just legacy. come in and
0: be like oh all the shit you did is, is invalid yeah, like much. yeah that'd be kind of a dick move yeah. <laughs> i did like how they use the the murders themselves or the the texas chainsaw massacre the first one as like as like this like uh they're using it to sell merch right it was almost mm. like this tourist attraction you know that this thing happened and and it, it's awful but yeah here's a here's a little chainsaw uh corkscrew that i thought was kind of funny
1: this touched on a lot of fucking real world issues, like with Lila being a survivor of a school shooting.
0: Yeah, and then it used she used it to be like to give her strength to power through this yeah. horrific event.
1: And then you have the other side of it, the sister being the fucking Gen Z fucking egotistical, arrogant, yeah. know it all. Entitled. Entitled as fuck. Yeah. And like I said it when we were screening the movie. I I just wanted everyone to fucking die. They all deserved to.
0: Fucking I was die. absolutely bummed out that they all didn't die. I I Lila's the 100%. only
1: one that the only survivor is the one that deserved to survive because she wasn't responsible. She didn't want to be there. Right. She didn't because when Richter calls them a cult, that's exactly what the fuck they were. And I love at the end sequence when you have the rest of the gen. I'd be and Leatherface comes up there and they all just pull up their phones and start putting them on TikTok and live stream and shit. It's like, dude, you're gonna be so fucking canceled. And how did that work out for him?
0: Oh man, I I was the moment I saw the bus and I was like, okay, this is either gonna go one of two ways. Either it's gonna go exactly the way that I wanted to do, where it's like the dude rips in there with a the chainsaw and just like thrashes the fuck out of everybody and. They did such a great job. I mean, that was just a meat wagon of murder, dude. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> and it was great because like, that's exactly what we right. wanted to see was him just kill a bus full of hipsters.
1: And I've, I've <laughs> seen every single one of these movies. I can say that is the most brutal scene in any Texas Chainsaw
0: Massacre movie fucking ever. Yeah. And I'm happy it happened. How'd you feel about them uh, writing
1: Sally back into the script?
0: Um, It reminded me of like Tremors, like, like. You don't see Bert again until, like, the third or fourth one because he was, like, from the first Tremors. Um, So I was, like, okay. So bringing it back, um, I think that it's a common thing where they'll take, uh, you know, the original actor and bring him in if they, you know, it's, like, pay respect. Because they did it with, like, Blade Runner and shit like that. You know, all the ones that it's, like, okay, this was the original. Let's have you back in. Uh, I think it's like pay respects kind of mm-hmm. thing
1: see I would have loved for them to make this movie a little earlier and they could actually would have had Marilyn Burns back as Sally Hardesty, even unfortunately she passed away in August of 2014 I believe um, but the new actress did a decent job but the Sally Hardesty character in this movie to me is where this movie was the biggest disservice mm. like, she was the lone survivor of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre she is only in this movie to die. She's in one scene at the very beginning. Then she's roaming around sun uh, sunflower patch and finds the lady's skinned body. And then she's showing up with a gun and is dead two minutes later.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing that kind of sucks when you go from something like you only having like this crazy ass chainsaw as a murder weapon, but then you bring guns into it, and you're like, oh, that kind of takes away. You know, I feel but it
1: is the Texas way. Yeah, that that is true,
0: it is the Texas way, but you know, the way that things are today, it's like you could have blasted the shit out of him forever ago. I mean, everybody had uh, AR fifteens and shit. I
1: did think it was interesting choice to like literally bury Leatherfaces past by putting a chainsaw sealed in a wall. Like not just stuck a wall. That thing was fucking stone fucking wall that he's breaking down to get that chainsaw
0: and the fact that that's
1: really on the fucking nose
0: (laughs) when he shows up to this orphanage right because he's obviously an orphan now and obviously you know they always put orphan orphanages are kind of like this new creepy thing that i'm starting to see in horror films a lot more as a common you know uh playground for for these kind of events he shows up with this chainsaw looking the way that he did or whatever and this little lady is like okay I'll let you stay here, but we're going to have to hide the chainsaw in yeah. mommy's room because I think I know what you're going to do with this thing if you don't, if you get it out. Yeah. Um,
1: I would have loved to have seen that scene, him showing up at the orphanage. Right. I would have loved to see how they pulled that
0: one off. Well, yeah, because then at the end, obviously, he goes back uh, home, um, mm. which that would then make me believe because he took a chainsaw to the fucking chin, dude.
1: Yeah, just like straight up. And he got guy, shotgun
0: right? blasted a couple of times, and he's still around. So it's like, okay, is this dude kind of like a dark energy kind of like murder guy? Oh, yeah. or I, is I he...
1: believe it's kind of like a Michael Myers. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: He takes a lick keeps on ticking. Mm-hmm. Dude, he took a chainsaw out of the fucking chin and just dribbled all the way down. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he gets his power from the from the faces or the skins that he wears. I will
1: say out of all the Chainsaw movies, this is the most imposing Leatherface, I believe. Like, dude is fucking massive. And the way he, like, handles that chainsaw, it, it, like holding a plastic toy to this guy.
0: <laughs> it just comes natural to him. He just woke up. He, he was born with a chainsaw, I think, in his hand. <laughs> uh, and actually maybe the nurse's face.
1: And what I also liked about this portrayal of Leatherface is the first time you actually get to see real emotion, human emotion from the character. Because, like, in the first one, yeah, he was worried about getting punished, slapping himself, worried, worried, worried. But then Leatherface cries. He's holding that dress. He's mourning the loss of this person. So, it's showing that he is human.
0: He does have a human side to him. Yeah, but it's the other side of him that's kind of, like, uh, not, the not so good part, I guess you could say. Well,
1: I agree with that. But I think that's kind of the moral of the story here is it was the entitled next generation that
0: brought that side back out, and I think that same thing happens to us when we're out driving out on the streets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you see all these fucking asshole people. Um, yeah, and the, then he puts on the makeup as well, kind of his mom's, you Ooh. know, the, or the his caretaker, if you will. Oh yeah,
1: they kind of hint at it in the original movie. One of the masks has lipstick on it; it's a female mask. Okay, He's so do you think that was also kind of like
0: paying respects to the first one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like
1: there was a, There's always been the. Leatherface, somewhat of a cross-dresser.
0: Oh, thing. and that's kind of like the Buffalo Bill then kind of... Yeah, kind of.
1: And actually, Buffalo Bill was also based off Ed Gein. So, it's all...
0: Jesus Christ, that dude... They they immortalized... And I don't know anything about that guy, but him going and doing what he did turned then to a whole bunch of other horror films based off of that character. Oh, yeah. That happens more often than you think, unfortunately. I, yeah, and I think that kind of encourages people to do it sometimes. Um I like the scene where you can see from behind and you can just see like his silhouette and then it's like raining in the background and then you see oh, him yeah, walk yeah, by. Yeah. I think that was a great, just kind of like a spotlight for him. Like I could that'd oh, be I a poster that. or something. Just it adds to the, the, the menacing. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Is this a movie that you maybe not watch it again? Would you recommend people watch? It?
0: There was nothing. The only thing that's truly stuck out that I think is worth the watch is the bus scene.
1: Oh that busting like Yeah that the first time I watched this movie I literally paused it went and smoked a cigarette because I had finally got to see something I've been wanting to see in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah. Since I was a little fucking kid.
0: An actual massacre.
1: Legit fucking massacre.
0: Yeah. It it, <laughs> it was gratuitous and I enjoyed it very much so because again just like you said like them all streaming him and shit just seeing a bunch just yeah. fucking, uh, uh, you see a bus of a bunch of kids partying. You're like, okay, all right, it's a party bus. There's going to be a murder bus coming up here pretty soon. And it was great. He just goes to town on all those motherfuckers. And you're just like, all right. And
1: I love it when they're, uh, Melody and Lila is hiding in the fucking bus's bathroom. And just the pool of, of blood. blood start sleeping from under the fucking door. That scene is fucking. And I love the fact that they're like backing away from it to keep the blood off their shoes like that's the biggest concern in all this is getting blood on your fucking shoes
0: um these are coach shoes and i can't get them dirty (laughs) or murdered on or in. again entitled (laughs) (laughs) um and i did like the fact that kind of how i mentioned about the first one how there were so many very creepy aspects to it that should be red flags to the characters. Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, the one character did start picking up on those red flags. And I was like, okay, good. Yeah. You know, finally, someone started to understand that this is- Somebody's woke in this fucking film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, something's not right here. We got to get the fuck out of here. Oh, no, no, no. All, all my dumb friends just want to stay and die. Yeah, there was a lot of dumbass characters in this. Um, I do
1: think it's funny how quickly the Richter character shifts. Like, he's like taking their fucking keys. They're not allowed to fucking leave. And that, like, he hates them from the second they come into town. But he immediately flips and goes in defense of them when he finds Dante having half his face ripped the fuck off.
0: Yeah, they did a good job part with that, I think. You know, the half the chase, uh, half the the face coming off. It looked. Yeah. It was gruesome. But he yeah. definitely jumped character. He, yeah, he was a total ass. And then next thing you know, he's like trying to be a hero.
1: That was too drastic of a character shift. Yeah. And I actually wrote that have shit been down done over time. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. It was just like, well, again, maybe he became woke, right? And then so now it's just like, oh. And to oh, think
1: this entire, the entire massacre that happened was based over a fucking Confederate flag is literally what starts the entire fucking thing. Yeah.
0: And there he goes. There's that people feeding off the controversy. Yep. And his, uh, I want to say, what was his name? Because I just called him Repair Man. A uh, Richter. Richter. I think his murder was pretty good. Yeah, uh,
1: and it wasn't over the top. It wasn't undeserving. I think if they had done a more gruesome death to him, that would have been undeserving because he really didn't do anything wrong in the film. Yeah. He did what he thought was right because he thought what they did was wrong.
0: I could have seen them throwing, like seeing them throwing the Confederate flag on his dead body, just to be dicks, <laughs> <laughs> just as like an extra little. That's what, <laughs> what you get. Yeah, you like the flag so much, Here, have yeah. it. He chokes on it. Um, seeing her hide underneath the bed, and then the chainsaw sitting there so close to her face, uh, and then just seeing him try to start it. Like to me, I, I was kind of like, dude, that would fucking suck. Just sitting there, being like, I don't yeah, have to, to watch. be in that mindset. Uh huh. Just sitting there, underneath that thing. And, you know, the the mirror bit was kind of good, giving him, like, a heads up. Like, hey, you know, I was just kind of surprised. Yeah, but that... in
1: doing so, that gives her position away.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Leatherface now knows, hey, yeah. you're you're about to so die. So I understand
1: here. why she did it, but timing is everything. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't the time to do it. Stick your leg out there. Like, she was way beyond the outside of that bit.
0: I think what we learned is if you take a gun to a chainsaw fight, the chainsaw still wins. <laughs> Because he, he rocked in there with his gun, all like ready to fuck shit up, and not only that, he even deflects a shotgun blast with the chainsaw at the very end. That is fucking awesome. Yeah, so that's just like a, another you you can't take guns to a chainsaw fight because the chainsaw will still win. Yeah, he had like uh, a little battering as a chainsaw at the very end too. There, I was kind of hoping it was gonna get like you know cut off some ankles or something. My
1: only issue with that scene is when he threw the chainsaw, it was still going. Oh, and it's... Your finger has to
0: be on that trigger to keep it going. (laughs) Oh, no, it's custom. (laughs) He made it himself. (laughs) But, yeah, overall, I I enjoyed it, but uh, seeing... Go ahead, yeah. Oh, no, you finished. I was going to say seeing the first one first and then sitting down consecutively watching it, other other than just the bus scene and, you know, the... And as I said before, like, if the movies that we're going to see, which are, like, sequels or, like, you know, whatever the case may be... If the story sucks or, you know, uh, it's not super suspenseful, just gratuitous gore and just like massive just oh yeah, you know, going above and beyond, I was like content with that. So that cures that yearning for this. I it was an okay film in my in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Was, like I would have preferred a little more solid of a plot.
0: Yeah. Even if it's not a great
1: plot, a little more solid. This thing was just so wishy-washy and flat. Mm-hmm. It needed the fucking gore. The gore right. is the only thing that because the story sucks so this bad. This movie, yeah, agreed. Because this movie actually, because you know, it's on, came out on Netflix.
0: Yeah, and I noticed that too. Okay, uh, this movie was
1: originally supposed to come out last year in theaters, but after some very very negative test screenings, they postponed it, shot some more footage, and opted to go direct to Netflix. Do you agree with that decision to put it straight to Netflix?
0: Yeah, this is definitely a Netflix film. I agree. I do yeah. not think this movie would The production done value is next to nothing. Yeah. And I think that's why they had to go over the top of some of the shit and to I, justify it. And I looked
1: as hard as I couldn't find any numbers on what the budgets for this movie was. Yeah,
0: well, Netflix, they, you know, they, they take care of their people, I thought. Yeah. Th-
1: I know it was drastically more than what the original movie cost. Yeah. But I don't think it was anywhere near. What a Hollywood film! What do for a horror flick? It almost or even kind like of a felt Blue like, mouse.
0: yeah. Um, and I like Legendary. I mean, I've seen a lot of Legendary oh, uh, films, and they make badass movies. But this just kind of felt. This like feels like this a force. movie that they purchased, yeah, to release. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it felt like to me. And it kind of like a cheap, easy buck, kind of like, okay, oh, this yeah, is a Oh, yeah, they were story. buying the name. Yeah. Buying the name Texas
1: Chainsaw, because everybody knows if you release a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, people will watch it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that a different director or a different, you know, someone, someone like could the have the done director, it better. I like
1: the director, like, Fetty Alvarez, he w- did, like, is uh, tied in with, like, the Blair Witch Project. Okay. Shit like that. He's big in the horror genre and is revolutionary in the horror genre this one i think just got away from him massively got away from him i enjoyed the new mask because it was his orphanage adopted mother but leatherface had such a distinctive look especially in the first one and everyone since then held close to that look this is the one that went 180 the yeah, other yeah he way. looked
0: like a character from Metalocalypse. Right, (laughs) that's what I pictured the first time I saw him and just his aggression and his like his just big (laughs) (laughs) craziness that's what I saw
1: (laughs) Uh, I didn't even think about that kind of yeah
0: oh and actually I gave another name I wrote down for the hitchhiker uh, and I kind of this is going back to the first one but he to me looked like a fucking uh, like a a deranged like Justin Long that was the (laughs) oh yeah I can see that I (laughs) can see that
1: that's i definitely can see that one so i'm kind of in the same boat that you are this is my second time watching the movie i do like the movie is it a good movie by no means yeah by no means is it good is it watchable and passable yeah it's a good way to kill an hour and 20 minutes
0: yeah if someone was like hey man uh you know someone's like i'm gonna watch this film like while you're over or whatever and i was like oh well, that's not my favorite one, but I'm down to watch it with you just so I can talk to you about you know, how you, th- how you feel about it and then see if they've seen the other ones and whatnot. Yeah.
1: But it, like if you're expecting the same kind of thing from the original, you're going to be greatly disappointed because, one, this one actually is violent. This is the movie that they disc- everyone thought they saw back in 1974. Just the over-the-top fucking violence, blood, guts, gore, carnage. Only thing missing was tits and ass. That's the only thing missing from this movie to make it a textbook slasher flick.
0: I figured the party bus there was going to be something along those lines, but I, could, I was kind of getting the vibes that I was like, this isn't... Like, it was just too...
1: That bus too is current. only in this movie for that massacre. Yeah. That's the only reason why that thing's here. Is and why I, do they need a party bus when they have a whole town? It's, yeah, and to I was expecting...
0: At. When I, the first moment I saw that giant courtyard, I was like, okay, like they're going to be slaughtered all around this entire courtyard, like just brutally. And all the kills are very
1: isolated to the same Mm (laughs) locations for the most part.
0: Well, just like the first one, though. I mean, the house pretty much is where everybody dies.
1: So, something I'm going to start a little different on this Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original scale of one to 10.
0: To me, that's definitely. Yeah, only based off of what I've seen so far in regards to like that's definitely like an eight or a nine for me. I loved it. I agree with that. I think yeah. it's a
1: solid eight, solid nine. And since I can't isolate between the two, I'll give it a solid eight point
0: five.
1: <laughs> I love like I love that fucking movie. This one I I'm being generous, I'll give it a four point five.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think just because I my point of view of modern day culture and just seeing the parallels in this movie kind of made me already not like it because of some of the oh. things that I don't like about things today. Completely agree. Yeah. That's that's why I hated mm-hmm.
1: every fucking It was protagonist. Too relatable. Uh-huh. This. this is the movie I was rooting for the antagonist. Mm-hmm. I was rooting for Leatherface.
0: Yeah. Not that I don't
1: in the other ones because you love to see Leatherface kill people, but I
0: wanted him to
1: kill everybody. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I could start, I could tell towards the end of it, I was like, man. People are going to get away. And then at the very end, when he smashes through the window and takes at least that one other chicken, I was like, all right, that's fair. That that, that, that was some justice served there. You know, just because uh, you just you just hate people. Right. <laughs> hate people. and So uh, for next
1: week, what do you think about tackling? Because we're now in October. We are going to touch on Halloween this month. Um, but another Halloween film that takes place on Halloween. How'd you feel about doing uh, Kevin Teeny's Night of the Demons?
0: I'm super down. I don't, have you heard of it? I don't, I don't think I know anything about that one. It's,
1: a pop, it's popular amongst the horror community. Mm-hmm. It's notorious amongst the horror community to the point where it even re- received the remake treatment. Tight. I'm not going to show you the remake, at least not right now. Okay. The original is fucking classic. You got Scream Queen, fucking uh, Lania Quigley. Like she was in every, almost every schlocky horror flick back in the eighties, like from *Return of the Living Dead* to *Chopping Mall*, *Silent Night*, *Deadly Night*. Oh, I love that one. You've seen *Silent yeah, I have Night, Deadly seen, Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: she's the one that gets uh, the topless chick that gets hung on the fucking on the the deer the rack. side, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So she's in this movie, um, and a bunch of other people that really amelia kincaid plays angela and the only thing she's been in since night of the demons is the other night of the demons
0: films okay that's pretty much it. she's like i'm sticking to it <laughs> i'm a yeah. night of the demon
1: <laughs> uh, so is there anything else you'd like to add before we take off
0: not at all um i'm super stoked to see more um these these have been very enjoyable i the old ones are, are works of art yeah and
1: i think you're getting you're getting much more comfortable discussing movies than you were in the first yeah and that's exactly what i wanted to see happen
0: yeah they're all pieces of art and you need to take time to respect and respect them oh absolutely and share them with those that can understand what it is for what it truly is
1: so we'll be back next week to discuss night of the demons till next time kitties Thank you for listening to this The Movie Pit Movie Review. We hope you have enjoyed your time. Come back to The Movie Pit Podcast each week for a new movie review podcast.
0: The Movie Pit is produced by Ryan Boozer Johnson and Seth Chapman.
1: The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media, Incorporated.
0: See you next week.